Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sam Legasic. And I'm Dreadful Dan Gallagher. And we're two old buddies that have lived our life at the edge of the mainstream. So come join us where things are a little... odd. This is the... of yours will be reduced to a burned-out cinder. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Oddcast, movies, music, and gaming. And today, with me, is the man himself, Dreadful Dang. <laughs> it's me. The dang man. How are you doing? The dang dong. <laughs> uh, yeah, good. How are you, friend? Uh, very good. Yep. Um, full of music, the rich tapestry, the lifeblood that flows through our veins. Mm. And looking forward special. to sharing some of it with you. Yeah, by sort of maybe like slitting my wrists and just letting a bit of the, the lifeblood out. Mm, don't, do, don't do that. Um, it's a special day. Special day for Dan today because today he's going to be taking us through his top 10 albums of 2020. Teaser uh, for everyone there. So, Sexy. Dan, talk us through what's your 2020 in music uh, been like during this pandemic? It's been the most music-packed year of memory, recent memory. Mm. Uh, I really can't think of a time when I've listened to so much new music and old music as well. But um, yeah, like a lot of people listening, I expect, it was uh, it was nice to have time like working from home. You can just put stuff on in the background. So yeah, as it is, I've ended up, I made a list of everything that came out in 2020 that I kind of like listened to, not just once, usually I need to listen to it a few times to feel like I've actually heard it and digested it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, I've made a list and I don't necessarily agree with like trying to score things, but to help me kind of like sort these out in my mind and get a ranking, I did apply scores out of 10 to everything. Um, and on my like, Instagram, uh, Dreffel Dan's Discs, mm-hmm. I kind of posted like my, my top 20. And again, within that, I don't want to be too anal about like, oh, this is my number 13, this is my number 12, my number 8. But, you know, like within there, generally, there's like the, the top ones. Um, so, you know, just to be able to get through this episode uh, with a degree of practicality, I have ranked the top 10. Um, and yeah, I'm just kind of excited really to talk to you about this. I think there's some albums in here that might have kind of like slipped by you that you would really like. Um, and so hopefully yeah people listening um if you kind of like want to get a taster of some stuff that's out there like new music like especially if you're our age and you maybe like don't really engage too much with new stuff that's coming out um yeah there's a load of good stuff so let me give you my recommendations and also i've made a spotify playlist of my top 20 but one song from each album Mm. and um, try to like sequence that in a way that's got some kind of flow. So um, yeah, if you like anything that you hear about today, go and check out that playlist. I'm sure Sam will yeah. put a link in somewhere. It'll be in the des- uh, description, episode description, so check it out. So without if further I, ado... I remember. No, no, I remember. <laughs> Shall we just swing into... Go for it, number, number 10. 10. Do it. So number 10 is Deerhoof uh, with their digital-only release, Love Law. Mm. Um, this album, I'm, I'm a big fan of Deerhoof. They are one of my favourite all-time bands. Um, possibly my favourite band of the last 10 years. I got into them around 2005. And at that point, they were already like 10 years into their career and I thought I was late to the party. But here we are 15 years later and they're still doing really good stuff. Um, and this one, basically they had another album, which is also in my top 10, Future Teenage Cave Artists. We'll come to that later. Um, that was released, I think like around May and Love Law came out in September. And what it is, is it's like a kind of like a, a mashup album. Um, they've taken all these songs from the fifties to the eighties and covered them in a way like in five phases. So each phase, each track is kind of like three or four or five or six or more different songs and they just like hammer them all in together. Um, But they play it in this like really um, exciting like indie noise rock style. Um, The band, they have a lot of like jazz leanings as well. So it's really like surprising. And the stuff that they're covering here, there's a bit of everything. There's some, yeah, like free jazz, like Ornette Coleman, there's some metal and punk like Voivod. There's like TV themes, like the Knight Rider themes in there. Some music concrete, avant-garde stuff, unabashed pop music. It's everything. But they've kind of picked, they said, the 50s to the 80s because it's kind of it's kind of like a, a, a sister album to future teenage cave artists, mm-hmm. which is a bit of like a uh, kind of like reflection, I think, on like how bad the... Uh, world situation is at the moment it's got some like socio-political themes um and this is kind of like going what's happened since the end of the second world war 
Like they've taken all this music. Nothing. That culturally was like quite optimistic. Mm. And they just shoved it all together, I think, to kind of be like, what's kind of come of all this? Mm. What's one of the tracks should we play? People to have a quick listen to. I think let's have a listen to a little bit of Love Law One. basically to kind of warrant much of an opinion on it it sounded quite chaotic yeah that sound is chaotic (laughs) um so there was a lot happening um but i remember i had remembered as i was listening to it i remembered you talking about it on this podcast before anyway um i just listened to it so i was like all right yeah it's this um and yeah it sounded interesting but um yeah i think it's i'd have to give it a proper sit down and listen to it in its entirety for something especially for something like that um before i gave any kind of opinion on it but um yeah i mean i only really know dear who through you um uh, really but i did listen a little bit to the um uh the other one future teenage cave artists yeah um i enjoyed uh, bits and pieces of that actually um so okay. yeah that's we'll come on. to that later right oh will we spoilers yeah that's that's up that's up there right um i had reservations about doing two dear Hoof, um albums I thought still at the end of the day. If you thought yeah. yeah, it's worthy of it, then fair enough. There were some other ones here that were creeping around the number ten periphery. Yeah. And I was like, at the end of the day, I did just enjoy Love Law more. Fair enough. I mean, I know I've sent you my top ten. Um and actually my ten is something that you had chosen. Um that I had only found out through you basically looking up for stuff. And I might, yeah. I might, that might drop out from one of the others um, that I've been listening to. My number 10 spot, it's weird because my number 10 spot, every time I do this, it's the number 10 spot that's always the hardest to fill. Yeah. Because it's, because I think you feel like you're not, you're disregarding everything. So it's like what needs validating in some respect to actually make it onto the list. Not even like what's exactly. Um and it's just because it's number 10, it's like, it's up there. Oh, there's, there's so many, it's of an equal footing. Yeah. Um, where it's yeah. really difficult. Uh, but I really liked what, because um, you've seen it, but I won't say what it is, but I really liked the album, but I was just like, ah, there's something I've listened to recently, which I'm like, I just think it might actually be better. So I might actually change mine within the course of doing this. Um, but yes. Uh, well, you've so got I a week it. to change your mind. That's true. And of course, obviously, my recommendations are going to uh, have an onus on what you pick as your final top 10, of course. Oh, well, yes. <laughs> Go on then. Uh, it's, uh, number, nine, number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Dan Deacon, Mystic Familiar. Um, this album, basically, 
I didn't know Dan Deacon until I listened to this. I'd heard the name floating around. Yeah. And I kept thinking it was Deacon from Animal Collective. Right. And I was like, well, I kind of know what they do. I don't need to listen to him. Um, but it's a completely different person doing completely different music. <laughs> um, and I heard one of the singles uh, of this and I was just bowled over by it. And that was Become a Mountain. Should we have a little listen? Yeah. So what I loved about this song um, was that it's so, like, jubilant um, without being, like, mawkish or cheesy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really, as well, sounded a lot to me, like these synthesizers, analog synths, they sound like the whole Mort Garson sound that you know I love. This sounds like Plantasia. Yeah. But it's kind of been grafted to, like like Mercury Rev, like late 90s, kind of like some indie type thing. Yeah. Um, I also hear a little bit of Daniel Johnston in there. It's kind of very, okay. it's like optimistic and hopeful, but you can hear there's still a little bit of a heavy heart in there. Mm. Um, like lyrically, this song, Become a Mountain, and the rest of the album, there's all this stuff about like, um, not it's not like being resigned to death, but it's like, having a mature approach to life and its cycle. Um, He's been basically reading a load of TM stuff, Transcendental Meditation. I think he read um, uh, David Lynch's book. Yeah. David Lynch's big TM guy, isn't he? He's one of the biggest TM guys. Um, I actually went to a TM thing. Did Uh, you? Yeah. Uh, This is... um, uh, a year and a half ago. Um, okay. And it was funny because the guy there was in South End and the guy was, um, I shouldn't probably say that. And the guy was like, why did you, uh, what brought you to this? And I was like, purely like David Lynch talking about it so much. Um, yeah. And going down a bit of a rabbit hole and realizing like Jerry Seinfeld and a lot of these other guys do it um, and find it really, really useful. And he was like, yes, I hadn't heard of uh, David Lynch until, um, you know, recently. I was like, what? what are you talking about? <laughs> this guy, right, his, his TM teacher, going off on a tangent now, he is like proper, he's a teacher, as in an actual teacher, and that's his job. Um, he is like the most boring looking, no, very zen, like, <laughs> zen, like, <laughs> like completely mon- monotonous voice. He's got his brown suit. Very, he was like, talking to us bear in mind we're all like there was like five of us and we're all men in like well i'm in my 30s but they're like in their 40s whatever and he's writing right. stuff on a board like a teacher and i'm like i am at school <laughs> this is unbelievable he's talking to us like it's an actual lesson this is crazy um and he was going on about the benefits and blah 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 and the science behind it and i'm like don't talk to me about science behind it because it's you know whatever like people will find science for anything um right and uh and all this but he actually 
so David Lynch says, you know, you need to go to the TM website so they get a proper qualified instructor. Don't just see whoever about it go through, get it done officially. Yeah. And you pay for it according to your income. Okay. So um, at that point, uh, I wasn't working. And he was like, oh, it's only like 150 quid for like the six sessions or whatever. But it can go up to like you know, five, 800. I can't remember what the fuck it was, like whatever it was. Um yeah, according to what so you, your income is. But I think you just like tell them. <laughs> I don't think there's anything to stop you going like, oh, I'm not working. Um, but I never got a chance to do it. But um, I was about to say, I was, I was like, shit, you did a full six session TM course. Huh? No, I didn't do six sessions. This was just the first introductory course. So they taught you through it. That was, I know, I was going to be like, whoa, you kept that quiet. Yeah, well, I was up for it. I was, I was totally going for doing it. Like I booked it and everything. And then I got a really? new, yeah, and then I got a new job. Um, and I couldn't and convert. do it. And then, because uh, he, because he's at school, so he's like, I can only do like the afternoon. Is that the latest yeah. I could do is four pm? And I'm yeah. like, I'm, I've not even left London. <laughs> like by that point, I'm not even thinking yeah. about leaving London, let alone getting back home and then going to South End and all stuff. Anyway, boring. But um, you know who the other big TM people are? Who? Half of the Beach Boys. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. Well, this really guy, into it. This guy um, apparently. Um, just before I forget, this guy studied with the main guy. He was the Maharishi. Yeah, he was in America um, ah. and studied under him. So he's like, I've learned from the head honcho, basically. But you know, the Maharishi, um, he was brought into question. No. You know, he's the guy that the Beatles went to visit right. in Rishikesh. Right. And then they left the center, and John Lennon said loads of stuff about him being horrible. And he wrote that song, you know, Sexy Sadie by the Beatles. No. Oh, it's on the White Album. Right. I'm not a big Beatles fan. Uh, um, yeah, but it's the White Album. Come on. Everything on there is like, yeah. no, it's like gospel. What? It's the Beatles. That's amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, anyway, he wrote this song. It's all, it goes, uh, what have you done? You made a fool of everyone and blah, blah. And then they were like, I think it was called Maharishi. It was like, Maharishi, what have you done? And they were like, you better change that because he'll sue you. Jeez. So he just changed it to Sexy Sadie. <laughs> really? Sexy Sadie, what have you done? Yeah. Fucking hell. Um, so that's quite interesting that you met this guy that then like went and traded with the Maharishi. Yeah, he's a bit of like a, a grey area kind of character. <laughs> mm. Okay, that's interesting, yeah. I, yeah, I do kind of want to pick it up again, but... Um... Yeah. interesting yeah sorry anyway so anyway yeah well well if you want to pick it up again you could get started by listening to a bit of mystic familiar <laughs> <laughs> i mean it doesn't come through he's obviously he's read this book uh david lynch book and i think he's like thought about it a bit and um yeah there's, there's like stuff in here about you know uh, our place in the in the world and you know when you die don't worry you're gonna go back and become a mountain and you know, we're all part of one glorious hole. Mm. Just depends what that hole is. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did. I gave us a, um, I gave us a listen, and uh, only um, I'd listened to his stuff because of what you'd said uh, before as well. Um, I thought it was alright. I don't think it has the same effect on me that it has you, but it's um, yeah, I thought it was alright. It's not all as poppy as that song as well. Some of it's a lot more like. Um, experimental like 
dance music, I suppose. Um, so that was quite interesting for me as well to listen to more like EDM type stuff. Mm. Yeah. Not something I normally listen to. Anyway, that was Dan Deacon. Are you ready for number eight? Number eight. Yeah. Be with it. OCs. Mm. Protean Threat. OCs were really, really busy this year. Mm. They released loads of stuff. Um, and John Dwyer has released loads of stuff, other side projects and things. So there's quite a lot of OC stuff to like pick through. But um, I think this was the safer album that they released. Um, uh, it's come off the back of them doing some like basically like double albums. I think the last few, yeah, getting increasingly like heavy, increasingly proggy, and this just felt like a lot more of like a trim album, one disc, um, and it's just like super satisfying. Like goes on immediately. There's like this song that's kind of like quite punky, like post hardcore thing. Um, but there's some more, yeah, there's some more like intriguing, slower kraut rocky stuff in here um just a really good mix and like takes forward the oc's sound in a way that's like maybe a little more focused a bit slicker a bit more streamlined than the kind of like last few few records um so yeah i thought it was like good fun album with a few nice like quirky twists yeah nice it's um out of the I've only seen two OCs albums this year. Um, so I don't know if there have been more. But what's the me, other one? What's that? What's the other one that you've seen? And it's got like an orange cover. Yeah, that's uh, Metamorphosed. Right. So Metamorphosed, I thought was more interesting, but I liked the first, I know it's kind of like there's three, like whatever, like normal tracks or whatever. And then there's like two super long tracks. I liked yeah. the, like, normal tracks if you want to call them that. And then I'm not so sure about the long wanky ones, but protein is protein threat. One I thought was a little bit more boring than the other one. and just didn't. Yeah. A lot of people have said they prefer metamorphosed. The metamorphosed is, um, stuff that was recorded during the face stabber sessions. Right. Um, and it was meant to come out much earlier in the year, but because of COVID it ended up coming out really late. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I take. I mean, I've got I've got metamorphosed in my top twenty. Um, I think I just listened to Protein Threat more. It's easier to digest, okay. and I like that. You know, after so many long albums, especially after Face Stabber, mm. it's nice to just do one that you can like throw on. Most of the songs are like three minutes. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a, a, a breath of fresh air, I think, for them. Mm, nice. Yeah, well, what what track would you recommend? Um, it really depends, like which way your bud your, your bread is buttered. Mm. Um, I think what have I put on my playlist? So I put Red Study on my um, playlist, which it's really like quite unusual, slightly kind of like slower, sparse, spacey, dreamy song. Um. But maybe that isn't too indicative of the album as a whole. I might actually just go for like the opening track, Scramble Suit 2, which is just like this blast of energy straight off the bat. <laughs>
album number seven is Flower of Devotion by Dead. Mm. Uh, that's spelt D-E-H-D. Maybe it's not pronounced dead, I don't know, but it is in my mind. <laughs> uh, again, this is like a band that I only just came to uh, this year. Basically saw people talking about this record and I heard it and I really liked it. Have you heard of these guys? No, only because, so I was kind of researching what other people would put for their um, top albums of 2020. And this one came up a few times. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought it was all right, actually. There was some, it's a bit, I thought it was a bit hit and miss with some some of the tracks, um, though I couldn't name any off the top of my head. I thought it was interesting. Anyway, it's been it's been just a weird year because it's um, I don't know. There's like part of me which is just like not like everything's sounding the same, but um, there's definitely like a certain I don't know, like there's a certain vibe. We'll kind of go into it when we go into uh, my ones next week a bit more because it kind of affected the choices I was making in terms of my list because I was finding that like a lot of bands, I'm not necessarily saying this is what, what it is with dead or whatever they're pronounced, but um, I found like a, there's a lot of reverb on everything. For instance, these days, it feels <laughs> like everything's swamped in reverb. Um, and I was hearing about how there's this kind of, what's the quote, like chamber music or something um, that's yeah. kind of taking off and all this. And I'm just like, it's all these like lot of, drenched in reverb, but also like, really high tone guitar work it's all a bit yeah. jingle jangle um and then there's that mix of uh you've more like floaty kind of tracks which i actually like and a few of them have made it into my list um mm. but some are just floaty for the sake of being floaty like there's no actual meat to it or anything like that yeah um it's like shoegazy dream pop yeah but like the worst kind um and yeah, I don't know. So I'm not saying these guys did or anything like that, but um, I was I was just like it didn't it didn't hundred percent cut the mustard uh, for me personally to make up the list, but it was very very close. It's definitely up there with like top twenty, say or something like that. Um, I thought you'd like these guys uh, for that that reason. I just was immediately like, it sounds like it was made in the eighties. Yeah emulating the guitar sound of the 60s. Yeah. Yeah, I can that see that. kind of like reverby surf guitar. And then it made me think, well, it sounds, basically it sounds like David Lynch, Twin Peaks type music with this like vocal that makes me think of Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. So it's a really heady, like 80s like you say, dreamy kind of... Uh, very reverby album. Um, I just really liked that vibe. Um, and there were a couple of songs that really stood out to me. Um, the one that I like the most that I put on my playlist is Flood. So let's give that a go. I love how she sings this word flood. 
It's so weird. Mm. It's it's like <laughs> something like that. <laughs> it's really strange, um, but unique. It's yeah. I do. I do like it. Maybe I need to give it more of a listen um, to do it justice. Yeah, I, I really like. Like I say, I think she sounds a bit Stevie Nicksy. Um, but yeah, it's quite a. I mean, it's not a, a voice or a sound that I've heard anywhere else. I don't think so. That kind of drew me in as well. Mm. Dan, what makes it onto your number? What's this now? Six. Number six. Junior. Un, deux, trois. Mm. That's with that's junior with an e on the end, right? Yes. So they're a uh, French indie band. Uh, don't really know much about them. Again, kind of come to this late in the year, looking at other people's um, roundups. I think Rough, no, not Rough Trade, Sister Ray. You know Sister Ray Record Shop in Soho? Oh, it rings a bell. They used to be called Select Disc. Right. Which one is it? Um, which, one, which one was it, location-wise? It used to be opposite uh, Mr. CD. <laughs> Down Berwick Street. Um, Off of Oxford Street. Yeah, I don't know where Berwick Street is. There's a few down there though, isn't there? Yeah. Oh, it's I the big know. one. It's the big one. It's the big it sells, one. Okay. It sells new music. More right. new music than secondhand. Okay. Anyway, I think they made it their number one. Oh, wow. The album of the year. So I was like, oh, okay, let's give that a go. That's mad. Um, yeah. I, 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 I literally hadn't heard of this until you sent it. I've seen it pop up in a few other places, but not as high as that. Um, I just like, I just loved it. As soon as I heard it, just the overall vibe. Um, you know, it's very indebted to like 60s pop, you know, yay, yay, chanson, that kind of thing, um, which I, I like a little bit of. You know, I like Serge Gainsbourg. Um, but it's just got a very like sexy quality to it. Okay, that's interesting. Um, yeah, because I listened to that one track and it, it didn't do much for me. Didn't, <laughs> uh, didn't get your, didn't get your dick twitching. No, excuse me, Dan. Jesus. Be gentlemanly. <laughs> how you, this is how you talk to all your friends at the <laughs> rugby club. <laughs> you frequent. Uh, your bloody uh, lad's humour. Um, well, let's see how it inspires listeners. Here's a bit of En Solitaire. I hope you didn't enjoy a, uh, a solo workout on solitaire. Um, um, just so you know, under toi, Sam. Yeah. Uh, that means one, two, three in English. In English? Yeah. So, what? pretty straightforward album title. Just counting. Just counting? I thought it was in, just counting. Isn't that in French. French, but, but it sounds so much more exotic. It sounds like there's some deep... Deep mystery 
to be unraveled in that album title. Does it say one, two, three, or is it, is it written out un, deux, trois? Un, deux, trois. Oh, how pretentious. <laughs> Bloody French band coming to the album of French title. Bastards. Unbelievable. Um, okay, nice. What makes it onto your number? Well, where are we now? Five? Number five. Halfway. Number five. Welcome, Sam, mm. to Bobby's Motel. It's pottery. <laughs> I don't I I I'd never heard of these guys again um until you introduced me to them and I quite enjoyed this. Good. Yeah. What song did I put on there? I can't remember. Um it was Should have a listen to it. Let's have a listen to it. I'm gonna tell you what it is. It's Texas Drums, mm. part one and two. like this because i thought yeah sam's gonna be into this um i think they sound there's a little bit of like fat white family but it's like way toned down it's like fat white family without the hard drugs maybe just with like a a spliff playing like stop making sense era talking heads um with some like really devo-y stuff in there as well yeah um and that song particularly Sounds a lot to me like Reward by um, The Icicle Works. Hello. Do you know that track? Yeah. It's like an indie pop 80s anthem, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's like a lot of 80s sounding stuff in here, I think. But it's like really funky, really cool grooves. And like across the whole album, there's a lot of that. It, sound, it really does sound very Talking Heads influenced. Maybe a little bit too derivative in that respect. But at the end of the day... That's what I like. So I'm like, give me more of it. Give me all your pottery. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Antiques Roadshow. It's a great name for a band. Yeah. Pottery. Yeah. (laughs) It just sounds so twee and ridiculous. Um, Welcome to Bobby's Motel. I don't know what the hell is going on. Like the artwork's so weird. It reminds me of Frank Sidebottom. (laughs) Yeah, um, no one else. It's kind of creepy. Of that. Yeah. Actually, they did that film with um, Fassbender, didn't they? Fassbender, right. yeah, Frank. Frank, yeah. Basically, they've come up with some character who's really weird and they framed this album around like a trip to his motel, I suppose. Okay. I don't know. I don't know cool, if there's yeah. any... I suppose, it's a, yeah, it seems to be more of like an aesthetic, like presenting the album. I don't think there's like a, a concept album or a theme running through it. But um, yeah, it's just kind of like really, really good, like funky, upbeat, dancey, indie pop music. Mm. Um, I think this is their first album. I think they did an EP before this. Uh, but yeah, like since hearing this, I'm uh, definitely like going to make them one to watch. Keep an eye out for if they ever come over here and play live, if mm. venues open up again, ever. 
Wow. I think they sound like they'd be a laugh live. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll check them out. I quite like this one. So, we're now moving closer to the zenith of my list. Number four, we're back to Deerhoof and their future teenage cave artists. Um, yeah, this one came out like around May, I think. Um, I was starting to wane a little bit on Deerhoof. I think over the last 10 years, maybe. You'd had Deerhoof. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. A hoof is a hoof. <laughs> They, um, I think the sound that first attracted me was the chaotic, angular noise rock. Yeah. Um, and their albums have been getting more and more smoothly produced and more and more poppy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not a bad thing, but I think that sound just appeals to me personally slightly less. Um, although I will say the previous album, Mountain Moves, I do think was actually not all that good. It's the first one that I haven't actually bought. And on that album, they actually collaborated, I think, on almost every song with outside artists and had a very mainstream contemporary pop sound that I didn't like. Um, and it seemed to tackle a lot of social issue kind of themes mm-hmm. um, with a very much like a, a collaborative spirit of like, you know, we band together as a community of artists and we will overcome. Um, and it even ended on a cover of Bob Marley's Small Axe. Okay. Which, you know, you know, there's that, that TV series at the moment, isn't there? Steve McQueen has done a yeah, I need to watch thing that. called Small Axe. Yeah. It's like, a, it's an anthem Seriously. about coming together in the face of social oppression, right? Mm. So that's how that album ended. And it's like they've gone away and they've thought about that, the same problems again, these social issues. And it's like, you know, again, it's really easy to read into like the whole COVID issue this year. But obviously this would have been recorded 2019. 
But even so, it's kind of like, it's a dark take on the same issues. Mm. It's like they've gone, if we don't solve these problems, this is what it's going to be like. Um, and produce something of a, like a concept album, I suppose. And what I love about it, like even the packaging, everything's like really reflective of this theme. Like future teenage cave artists. You're kind of saying like the, the teenagers of the future, you know, are going to be living in caves. Yeah. So everything's going to be wiped out. It's a little bit like Planet of the Apes. Um, yeah, you have to think about it a bit. Yeah. It's like they go, like the album art is these like cave drawings. And it's like a future civilization's looking back and going, oh, what were the teenagers like? Oh, these were the things that were going on in their lives. There's like a tardigrade. Right. You know, a, a, you know what tardigrade is? No. It's, um, what do they call it? Like a water bear or space. Basically, it's like a tiny little insect, microscopic thing. Um, but I think last year they accidentally sent some into space. Right. And they're, they're apparently that, that one of the only organisms that can survive in space. So loads of people have been saying like, oh, you know, in like 100,000 years time, like they might have evolved and mutated and they'll probably come back to wipe out the earth. <laughs> right. So it's one of these like tongue in cheek kind of like jokes, but they've put like a giant tardigrade on there. <laughs> of like one of these like teenagers cave drawings. Cool. And um, there's like an iPhone, which appears to be like burning, like there's a, someone bowing to it. And there's all these images of like totalitarianism on there that kind of thing, like the poor working underground. So it's got this like, like super dystopic uh, feel to it. Mm. And the songs as well, um, there's some like really uh, like dark moments. They've never been that kind of like visceral. There's like one song about the spirited deer children and they're being killed and all this kind of thing. Don't, don't kill my puppies or something she's singing. Um but what for me is like most exciting about this album is that they do return to a rawer, more noise rock oriented sound. Um, and they've said they recorded a lot of this like on their phones. Oh, really? Um, so yeah, so like production wise, sound wise, it's uh, those smooth edges that we've had the last few years have been like completely removed. And uh, it just feels like a classic kind of like yeah, noisy of album but it's got this kind of like more central cohesive uh message to it which i liked as well mm. yeah i enjoyed this um more than i thought i would actually i mean i listened to that one track you sent and then i listened to a couple more um and i liked the kind of raw noisiness to it um it just sounded a bit more interesting basically and that's what i'm kind of enjoying <laughs> these days like yeah um you know, I think there's there's some stuff, um, for instance, I don't know if it's up there, but like the Proto Marta um, album, because I know you liked it, right? Um, it's in my top 20. In your top 20. Um, and because if we saw them live, didn't we, if you remember? Yeah. You hadn't heard them before that? No, no. that was the first time. Right, so I'd heard, I'd heard them a bit before that anyway. Um, when I heard that album... Uh, that one, I was just like, I just can't stand this guy's voice anymore. <laughs> like, it's not bad, but I was just like... Oh, what, the new one? Yeah, but I was just like, I'm just like, done, done with it a little bit. And there was a lot of like, 
especially out of America, especially when I was like doing a bit of research onto like top 50 stuff and all the rock stuff that was on all these top 50 stuff. was just like, oh, it just sounds the same. It's like, I hate the guy's voice. And I think it's, um, uh, yeah, so basically what I'm saying is that when I hear something that's just a little bit different, um, I tend to gravitate a little bit towards it. Uh, but but if it's good and different, if that makes sense, um, not just yeah. like complete tosh. Because the thing is, it's what's weird as well, I suppose, for me. I'm kind of going on a bit here. But it's not, like Because I do enjoy listening to like noise, but I like noise because it is noise. I listen to it as noise music rather than... I'm listening to something that someone has apparently like composed and built something else to. It's like, I would rather just sit and listen to fucking white noise for an hour and a half. than listen to someone think they're making like a big wanky track when it just sounds like absolute average um, bargain bin kind of shitty indie or emo or punk or whatever stuff. And I'm not saying Proto Mars or anything is like that, but um I think just these days, especially what I'm saying, I'm getting, I'm a bit more fastidious with um, my choices. That's the right word to use. And yeah, well, Deerhoof's, you know, it's a good time to get into them because this has been a great year for Deerhoof fans. Mm. Um, yeah, and if anyone hasn't like listened to their music, you know, this is a really good demonstration of like musically what they're about as well. Yeah. And, you know, there's like amazing, like really wiggy, weird guitar lines that sometimes feel like they're at odds maybe with like the rhythm section, mm. um, but then kind of like suddenly all pull back together in a way that makes sense and is like really exciting and exhilarating. Um, like the drumming, is like especially the drumming. Greg is one of like the best drummers out there and he's got a very idiosyncratic style. Um, again, it feels like he's, like he's just right on the edge of like going completely off, like away from the song and ruining it. And he'll just suddenly pull it back. And you're like, what? I, I did not expect that. He's like thrown in or missed like a few beats or something in a way that keeps you guessing. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Wild, challenging, surprising, fun music. Mm. And uh, what track should we listen to from it? Have we already done that? Let's go with Damaged Eyes, squinting into the beautiful overhot sun. McCartney, Paul McCartney. <laughs> um, this was my most anticipated album of the year, McCartney 3. Um, do you know anything, Sam, about McCartney and McCartney 2? Mr. McCartney, only after, um, so randomly, it came up on my Spotify thing 
McCartney 3 is out and they had a little intro from Paul McCartney himself going, oh, you know, listen to my McCartney record, oh, and all this stuff. And then I remembered, I was thinking, <laughs> I'll listen to that. And then um, I listened to McCartney 3 and then I went back and listened to McCartney 2, remembering what you'd said about it, about it being him holed up, just making weird shit, whatever that he wanted to do. Yeah. And I was pleasantly surprised by both. I haven't listened to McCartney 1. Um, uh, but yeah, I... Um, it was uh, I didn't particularly enjoy it that much I don't think well the new one yeah I don't think I'd listen to it again um, out okay. of choice if that makes sense but I totally appreciated that it was something new different and it just and you would not expect that of someone of that age to be frank to be honest about it yeah but also um, yeah, you know it's kind of a reminder that Paul McCartney is probably the best songwriter out of the out of the Beatles. Um, yeah, and uh, definitely the fact that he's made something like this, I was like, that's really impressive because it's very like at some points it's super. Well, for the most part, I should say actually it's pretty stripped back. Um, if even though it's like slick and highly produced, it feels very personal, which is kind of what it's about, I suppose. Yeah, um, and just yeah, just like. Each track, I was just a, a bit like, all right, he's done that. I would not have thought of that from Paul McCartney um, in the kind of like, you know, Beatles mainstream thing. He's kind of done something a bit more experimental. Not crazy experimental, just something a bit different. Uh, I enjoyed it. So he's still got those surprises up his sleeve. Mm. I, um, yeah, I'm like a massive fan of McCartney and McCartney too. Um, I'm a pretty big Paul McCartney fan generally. Um, but those two albums, particularly along with Ram, are probably my favourites in his whole solo and Wings catalogue. Um, so I did a couple of videos actually on my YouTube channel, Dreadful Dance Discs, covering those first two. Um, and I've also done one on McCartney 3 now. So I've completed the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was, you know, really looking forward to this coming out, but I was a little bit worried, like, you know, giving it the McCartney 3 title carries with it a suggestion, you know, that it's going to carry the same spirit as those songs, uh, so, uh, those albums, sorry, which were like experimental. That was the whole vibe. Yeah. Was like, he, he always seems to have this like pressure to produce commercial work. So those were times where he's when I'm just going to cut loose, just be on my own, completely solo, just record whatever the hell I feel like. Yeah. Um, and this it is more polished, a lot more polished than those two. Um, and also both of those, I think they respond to kind of like music at the time. So in 1970, when he did the first one, um, I think there was a movement towards like stripping back all the like really ornate production of the late Mm sixties, more like rootsy folk. So he kind of like experiments with that a bit. 1980, it's synthesizer music yeah. so experiments with that a bit 2020 there's nothing there's nothing there's no like overriding sound in the pop world and we've spoken about this in the past yeah so there's nothing that he's really responding to so he's just doing whatever the hell he feels like mm. and i feel like he has a crack at everything there's not a lot of repetition on this album mm. they're very distinct songs um so it's not as well, it isn't quite as, you know, it's not got like the raw lo-fi of McCartney. It's not as like weird and experimental and out there as McCartney 2. 
But yeah, he is still, you know, he's very clearly having fun. Yeah. He's very clearly innovating and experimenting. Um, but yeah, the production sound is slicker. It's safer. Um, but there's just, yeah, there's just like really good songs here. I think as well, it's like you'd, well, I would be in Joe Bloggs or whatever, expect something like this to be like, oh, he's just going to either do some like gammon rock or whatever. Um, or he's going to be doing something that's a bit more like, you know, of a parody of like, of whatever's popular at the moment. Yeah. Like, you know, it was what Bowie was always accused of. It's like he was just ripping off whatever was kind of happening at the time. Yeah. Um, and which I kind of understand. Bandwagoneering. Yeah, exactly. And um, that's what I was like thinking, eh, well, you know, is this going to be that? It's like he's listened to, I don't know, Grimes or something like that. And it's like he's done something like that. I'd be like, oh, God, it's so cringe. But yeah, it didn't feel like that at all. It felt very earnest and, um, yeah, uh, authentic. And some of it, like this opening track, Long Tail Winterbird, it doesn't sound like anything. It really does feel like authentically, like he's soaked in so much music. Yeah. And that's the thing about Paul McCartney. Like, he just always has loved making music. Yeah. He's just a creative guy. I mean, that's how he gets his kicks. So, yeah, you can really feel that love of just like in that, particularly in that song. It's, um, it goes off in like strange directions you couldn't predict and does weird things. And I can just imagine him tinkering around and going, oh, yeah, let's try that. Oh, yeah, that's quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, let's give that one a listen. Yeah. yeah. Long tailed winter bird. That's a little taste of McCartney 3, but like I said, all the songs on that are completely different. Um, probably the song that a lot of people, I think, is is going to you know get a lot of hype is uh, Seize the Day. Okay. Um, because it sounds, it sounds like a single, frankly, and it sounds very Beatles-y. Right. Um, I saw him saying in an interview, he was like, oh yeah, I was thinking that one, it sounds a bit too close to the Beatles, so... I was wondering if I should even bother pursuing it, <laughs> which I quite like because he obviously was thinking like, oh, I want to you know, keep this experimental and different, but he ended up doing it. And it, it sounds like it could be from like any Paul McCartney album, right. but um, you know, he was right to include it because it's bloody good. Nice. Um, and I imagine people getting very excited about it, but uh, you know, this album's like number one. It's not like, like UK and US. Um, I mean, they've promoted it so hard. Mm. They've gone hard and heavy on this. Yeah, so it's, it's, you know, it's a decent crack of the whip. It's funny because it's obviously been a lot, it's been too late for a lot of, to make a lot of lists. Um, yeah. Last year. Uh, That's why we're clever because we're doing this in 2021, looking back at the whole year, not like 
all those other journalist dickheads who, for some reason, do it at the end of November. Mm, that's true. What the heck? Why? Why do they do that? I've got an extra four weeks. It's because it's when people Google it, I suppose. <sighs> Drives me mad. I don't know. Oh, Drives me mad. Phone's just turned on. Um, yeah, it. I, th- I was impressed by it. So, yeah, well done, Paul. Number two, just edging Paul out, only because I've listened to it so much more. It's a funny album is title. the self-titled debut by Kariki. Um, Kariki are... Australian? Im- Kariki. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a terrible name. Um, I, again, I did a video on this on my channel and I was like, I looked in the, the run out, you know, the etching that you get in the vinyl run out. Mm. And it said, like, thanks to Brendan for the name. I was like, yeah, thanks a lot, Brendan. <laughs> um, Can you imagine someone's like, hey, I've got a great name for you. Oh, oh, you started a new band. Oh, have you got a name yet? No, we were still tossing a few ideas around. Yeah. Oh, have you thought about Kariki? Yeah, go on. Uh, just, yeah, whatever. We'll use that. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Whatever. Um... The band is Ian Mackay of Teen Idols, Minor Threat, Fugazi. Uh, uh, More recently of the Evens with his uh, partner, Amy Farina. Right. So she is also a member of Kariki. But what makes it different to the Evens is that they have added Joe Lally, who was the bassist in Fugazi. So you've got half of Fugazi here. It's an, an evolution from the Evens. Sounds very, very similar to the Evens, who I loved. Um, so I think there is a little bit, maybe you can hear some of the like latter era Fugazi sound in some of like the drama of this album. Um, but these guys, like apparently they formed the band years ago. Like I think the last Evens album was 2012. Right. I think these guys got together in 2015 or something. So they've been together for five years, just secretly rehearsing and maybe playing a few gigs. Um, so they actually sound like a really well gelled band. Like the interplay between them is quite um it's kinda of, kinda of like jazzy in places. Um but it's got the same kind of vibe. It's quite quite quiet but like tense. Mm. So it's like got like quiet power, mm. you know. Um, and obviously it's in Mackay, so it's really quite it's quite political, but it doesn't get like overtly political. They prefer to do these songs where they like look at the effects on individuals. So there's these little songs about people and characters and situations that are like microcosms of the like bigger geopolitical mm. issues of 2019, 2020, um, which is really nice. And yeah, all in all, it's just like, it's just an album packed with quality music uh, and really nicely produced. Just sounds great. Yeah, it does sound, it does sound great. Um I didn't take to it, I think, as um What? As much as, as, much as you did. Um, what have you listened to? Uh well it's just I don't know, like um I kind of get it. And I can now that you say it, I can hear that Fugazi kind of vibe behind it. Um I don't think I just didn't it didn't really do particularly that much for me, I'm afraid. And it's really it's like I don't know. It's just like that kind of angular guitar sound and all this stuff. Um, I don't know. I think I was just a little bit like, yeah. 
But what? Let's let's not. You know, let's not dwell. Let's on not bring it, it down. Um, <laughs> what track do you think people let's, should listen to? I think they should sit down and have a cup of tea. Have a cup of tea. Let's have a listen. Except for talk about King Cruel. King Cruel. King Cruel and the Man Alive album. So a slowly then slow burn for me coming around to King Cruel. Yeah. Because when I first heard that uh wasn't sure. Yeah. Um like back in when was this? Like when the first album came out. Mm. And then a few years ago we had the ooze mm. and i heard that song dumb surfer and i was like blown away i, I love that song still do it's one of my favorite songs of the last 10 years wow. um and at that point i got the ooze and i was like there's nothing here as good as dumb surfer um it's maybe a bit overly long a bit too ponderous a bit too self-indulgent maybe um so this kind of really i, I think it delivers on everything i kind of hoped the ooze would um, you know, it's shorter, more focused. Um, and I really think this guy's got something, you know. Like, basically, he kind of like melds, you know, a bit of indie guitar rock. Yeah. Uh, post-punk. But blues and jazz in a way that's very genuine. I don't feel like he's kind of like, oh, it'd be cool to like get a bit of that. That's, that's a cool sound. Mm-hmm. I'll tack some of that onto my uh, my, my music. I think he's grown up like really absorbing and understanding and lo- like loving this music and that sound. I think it's very much his. Um, like production wise, obviously it's like steeped in tons of like like reverby, mm-hmm. fuzzy, dreamy, druggy sound. Um, which to me, like the whole thing sounds quite like seedy. Yeah. Um, a bit grubby. Um, reviewers kind of were like, oh, this is like a much happier, lighter King Crawl. And maybe halfway through, there is a bit of a shift. But the first few songs on here are so dark. And there's one song, Stoned Again, that is so harrowing. Um, and when he sings, like, again, he's got quite a distinct voice. Mm-hmm. He sings in this kind of like, like, well, I think it's South London. Those, but it's like a... South London. Yeah. But that is like, that is his voice. And when he lifts it up to like more of a roar, Mm. like it's genuinely scary. It's a scary sound and it sounds real and it really conveys like pain, desperation. Um, Yeah. And some of these earlier songs and later ones as well that are a bit lighter, you can still hear that in his voice. And I just think like, 
this guy, this is like the real deal. It feels really authentic. Um, it makes me think of other singers that were able to do that. You know, I think like John Lennon on the uh, Plastic yeah. Ono Band album. Yeah. <laughs> Lennon. <laughs> yes, yeah, if Lennon. John, John Lennon of the Beatles. Oh, the Beatles, I've heard of them. Okay. But like he had a great rock and roll scream and, and on, on that album particularly. Mm. That was like his therapy album, wasn't it? Where he he basically, he did the, the Tears for Fears bloke. He did the uh, Primal Scream yeah, stuff. Yeah. And then he makes that album and he's like hollering and howling. You're like, okay, this, this, that sounds, <laughs> that sounds like genuine grief and anguish coming yeah. out. And I get that feeling from this guy, Archie Marshall. Um, yeah. And, but yeah, like there's some lighter moments, very beautiful, but it's very sad, sorrowful. Um, really hit the spot with me. And yeah, it's probably the album I've listened to most all year. It's really interesting that you chose uh, King Cruel um, because I would never have thought you'd be a fan, to be, to be honest. It, and it's... So I listened to Six Feet Beneath the Moon back, yeah. back when 2013 or whatever um, and didn't like it. And I was like, I don't understand the hype. Like, it just feels yeah. like it's a classic, wanky, like, muso. Like, oh, we've picked something that we think sounds a bit different when really it's just fucking boring. Um, yeah. And it's like, oh, as you said, it's like, oh, he sings with, like, an English accent, you know, or whatever. And it's um, verging on, not grime, but, like, it's got some kind of, like, dark electronic element to it yeah which just like musos like like to wank off each other over um and i didn't really think that much of it basically the, the ooze if that's how you say it i didn't yeah. even know it existed until you said it um <laughs> so i've not listened to any of that at all and then yeah man alive um i had seen it on a couple of lists i hadn't listened to it because of that thing of it being like well it's king crawl until you said that, you know, it was on your list and um, it is better. Um, I'm surprised it made your number one, um, not because there's anything wrong with it. It's that I actually think it's, it's pretty good when I um, had a quick listen. Uh, but I just, I wouldn't have said in a thousand years that you'd maybe pick this as your number one <laughs> album of the last year. Um, but it's, it's it made me sit up and pay attention to it, so... I think why I made it number one is basically because I've listened to it so much. Right. Um, so it's you know, this is quite a personal list as well. It's, not, it's pretty subjective. I kind of went, well, if I listen to it the most, it should probably be up there. Um, but I think of the others, it's the one that maybe hangs together the best as a complete album. It does feel, it's got a real flow to it. Mm. Um, it feels very, yeah, cohesive. Um, and it's the one that I think has the most unique, like, you know, it creates a mood around itself. Yeah. And when you play it, it will affect your mood. Yeah. Um, so it's successful in that regard as like a, a piece of art. Interesting. Um, that's <laughs> it, King Cruel. Man yeah. alive. Should we have a burst of, I think on my playlist I've put uh, Alone. Alone 3. Yeah, which is quite a nice song. But I think I'm going to, suggest we play a bit of stoned again to people 
Which is a horrible song. Okay, let's turn it again. Let's have a listen. Desperate times, living through a nightmare of drug addiction. Lovely. Uh, what? Uh, yeah. What, what more could you hope for? In, in twenty twenty one. This is it. <laughs> Dreadful Dan's number one pick for two thousand and twenty. Man Alive by King Cruel. Um, yeah, great. That's good actually. Um, checking out some of this stuff. Uh, I hadn't heard of loads of this, so um, that'd be nice to kind of pick up on. Um, yeah. But how do you feel? Do you feel? How was the process of choosing? feel satisfied i like the uh i like the process of choosing because it it brings order to chaos yes um yeah like i said you know it's really a futile thing trying to score and rank music at the end of the day there was a big load of albums and music i heard this year that i loved um, and to try and sort of like arbitrarily say which was better than the other. I mean, who knows which of these albums I'll still be listening to in 10 years' time. But uh, needs must, and we had a show to do, so mm. ranking was required. But because um, I'm a bit nerdy like that, I did enjoy the uh, the process. Mm. Um, but I look forward to hearing what process you've gone through to refine your list next week. Yeah. And we hear what you've got to say about 2020. Yeah, I've got my 2020 record list, and it was a weird thing. <laughs> it was a it was a weird um, weird process to have to kind of choose these. And I don't know, like even this year, because I remember like you saying, um, like Fiona Apple uh, had basically, and she's been like number one for like a few of these lists, which I think and is crazy. Has. And it's like, and as you said, it's like it's really weird that people are getting on board with this. I was listening to it going, it's like, like, it's a, an experimental album, essentially, a little bit, especially for her. It feels like there's a lot of weird stuff going on here. And I do not understand how it's like, hopped up to the people's number one album of the year and all these like mainstream like music press things. I'm like, what are they seeing here? Because it doesn't we... actually sound, like there's better stuff of that ilk, basically, that's out there. I think we do know why. Fiona Apple. I think we do. It's the fact that... F- but maybe we don't want to say. What is it? What are you talking about? Are you saying that Fiona Apple has just yeah. gone around and flirted her way to the top of these charts? <laughs> no. You know, basically all the like uh, music critics and podcasters and things that um, had anything bad to say about this have been absolutely lambasted. Why? And accused of like uh, male chauvinism. Because if you don't like it, then you haven't understood it which means you probably don't understand. Well, I don't understand uh, anything. You know, the the uh, experience being a woman, 2020. Right, okay. I need to um, pay attention to some. I didn't, it's, it's not that I thought that, I was, I was just 
thinking it was strange. It's just a strange pick, basically, because it's like, well, this is something I would expect from, I don't know, like we were saying, I don't know, Animal Collective or something, not as, as bad as, not as bad as that, you know what I mean? Not as advanced as something like Animal Collective, but like... It says a lot of things that people want to be seen to be supporting in, in 2020. Right. Okay. About the like, Me Too movement and all that kind of thing. Right, which is... For, for so it's, it, I think it's been picked as a flag bearer. Mm, interesting. Um, um, I thought it was distinctly average. Mm. I liked it, but I was like, there was a lot of stuff wrong about it as well. Um, I mean, I enjoyed the new Taylor Swift album. And it's the only... I didn't hear that one, actually. the only album of Taylor Swift I've actually ever listened to. It's called like Forest or something. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but... Um, She's trying, it's very, very slick, obviously. But Bon Iver is on it, for instance, and it's trying to be like that. I think, it's, yeah, it's called, I don't know, Forest of Foliage or something. Um, and yeah, so that's what I mean. It's just been such a weird year. But, and it's been a lot of like, there's not been like out and out fucking rock songs that many, I feel like. Um, yeah, it's disappointing. I'll tell you, here's a little spoiler for next week. Idols, Ultra Mono are not on the list. So Good. You liked it. I've given it four out of oh, ten. fuck off. You were fucking batting for it when we were discussing it. Four out of ten. No, so five is like an average album. So that's just, it's it's slightly not good. Yeah, but you, that's what I'm saying. I thought it wasn't that good. I would give it a four out of ten. But you were saying, it, it, do you remember when we were talking about it? I was trying to be positive. Positive <laughs> Pete. Right. Well, anyway, that's our albums of 2020 for, for Dan anyway. And next week, we're going to be talking about me. It's all about me. Um, oh, no. So enjoy, people. And we'll see you next time. And if you want more music chat, vinyl photos, etc. throughout 2021, please come and join me on my Instagram and YouTube channel, both Dreadful Dan's Discs. See you there. Bye. Thank you for listening to Oddcast Movies, Music and Gaming. If you want to get in touch with us or get a movie, album or game put on our list to discuss, then email us at oddcastoddballs at gmail.com or a newwinterpodcast at gmail.com. This is part of a New Winter Podcast Network, so head on over to anewwinter.net to check out our other shows. You can also follow us on Instagram at anewwinter, Twitter at anewwinter, and you can head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash anewwinter. Thanks for listening and see you again soon. 
when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.